This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Victory Monday and three in a row for a nine and three season to this point. Welcome in to our latest edition of our recap podcast off a Buccaneer victory 30 to 17 in Atlanta, a season sweep. That is four straight wins and five out of six over the Dirty Birds over the course of the last three years. Has a good ring to it, doesn't it, Buccaneer fans? After so many years of the Falcons seemingly kicking the Buccaneers while they were down, now the shoe is on the other foot. At least in the NFC South, it appears that it's going to be that way as this season wears on and really with a Super Bowl win last year the same. Glad to have you with us and however you found us, whether it was a social media link or through the Buccaneers.com website, Buccaneers mobile app. Thank you for doing so. We're here recapping the Buccaneer wins after each and every game. So typically right now going to be Mondays in the regular season depending on, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it at 9-3, and three, depending on when a playoff game might be played because this is brand new for this year. They have increased the playoffs starting last year, and now for this year, playoff games will play on the wild card weekend of the NFL Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So for right now, we'll have Monday recaps after Sunday games all the way through the finale with the Carolina Panthers at home on January the 9th. Yeah, believe it or not, the regular season goes all the way till January the 9th now. But then after that, after these five remaining Sunday games and the Monday recaps, the recap could be coming Sunday after a Saturday playoff game, obviously Monday after a Sunday playoff game, but there's going to be one Monday night playoff game as well, which is a bit quirky. We will come your way the day after the game. The easiest way to get this podcast is not only look for it through the Buccaneers mobile app on the day after the games, but subscribe. Subscribe through the mobile app. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Search nothing but Bucks. And we are there, and we come automatically to you. You'll get your notification. You'll get your ding. You'll get your alert. And we're here with highlights, with interviews, with special guests. We're going to recap everything from what happened in Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. And we look forward to uh, reliving a lot of the big plays from Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, a record-setting day from Chris Godwin. And how about that Buccaneer defensive line with sack after sack after sack once again in this football game of Matt Ryan. And then uh, some post-game interviews as well. You're going to hear from Coach Bruce Arians, my conversation with him. Cameron Braid, who had a first-quarter touchdown in this game. Hear from Tom Brady and Indomitian Sue. All of that is still to come. And a special guest will be with me as well as we'll talk with Sarah Walsh of Fox Sports. Uh, Sarah was on the sideline yesterday on the television coverage with Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. Uh, Sarah, also a uh, a native of Tampa Bay. And so we'll talk to her a little bit about growing up in this area and obviously having some allegiance to all of the teams, including the Buccaneers. Now she's gone on to work for ESPN, Fox, the NFL Network. She covers the Bucks for the NFL Network and is also uh, working games on Sunday with her crew. So it just so happens that her crew had the Buccaneer-Falcon game. We'll talk with Sarah Walsh a little bit later on to put a capper on this Buccaneer win. All right, so to set the stage, the Bucks doing something that is very difficult to do in the NFL, which is go on the road two weeks in a row and be able to pull off wins in both games after such a hard-fought second-half comeback win in Indianapolis. Could they refocus? Could they regroup against a Falcon team that, yes, it said losing record on paper at 5-6, and six, but Atlanta had played better football over the course of the last month to six weeks and actually won some games. Had won a game in New Orleans, had won a game last week with Jacksonville. Heck, they went all the way out to London and beat the Jets. And by the way, the Jets looked horrific earlier in the year under Coach Robert Sala, but now they've won, what, three or four football games, and we will see the J-E-T-S mess, mess, mess uh, coming in early January, and they're not so much a mess anymore with the rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. So anyway, the Falcons beat the Jets uh, earlier this year in London. So they have some wins. They wanted revenge for a Buccaneer win in Week 2 to keep from being swept, trying to keep some faint hopes of the division alive, but we know the truth down here in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, baby. The Buccaneers are the defending Super Bowl champs, and also that makes them the defending, uh, well, it makes them the defending NFC champs, but in the NFC South, the uh, the New Orleans Saints are the division champs. I'm going to break news here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. With five losses in a row now and a 5-7 and seven record, uh, the Saints are not winning the division this year. 
I know you might have to sit down. If you're driving, you might have to pull over into the slow right lane or over to the shoulder of the road and put the flashers on. The Saints aren't winning the division. The Buccaneers have all but locked up the division now. A four, four games clear, a four-game lead over everybody with five games remaining here. And uh, you've got a golden opportunity to, to be as high as the number one seed if you keep winning, depending on help you might get with the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, you've got the Packers and the Cowboys and the Rams all jockeying with the Buccaneers. Just keep winning your games. I, I keep saying that I believe... Uh, 10 wins was going to win the division. 11 definitely wins the division. 12 wins gets you no worse than a three seed, tiebreakers and whatever. 12 wins. Uh, 13 wins probably gets you no worse than the two seed, if we're counting all of this up. Probably at least, and the, and the, the, the 13 wins may be good enough for a tiebreaker and the top seed in the NFC if you keep winning. 14 wins will more than likely get you there, and the 14 wins can still be within your grasp. With three straight victories here to get to 9-3, and three, can the Buccaneers run the table? We're going to talk much more about that as we go along. All right, so I've set the table. We've got plenty to get into. Again, rematch game. Buccaneers looking to get off to a good start. Let's get into the highlights of this one from Buccaneers Radio and 98 Rock. Mean Gene Deckerhoff, uh, Dave uh, Moore on the call. I'm out there uh, on the sideline adding comments here and there. And the Bucks got the uh, opening coin toss. Actually, the Falcons won the toss and deferred, wanted the crowd to get in the game. Late arriving crowd in Atlanta. It did fill up, uh, mostly full at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Of course, this was the day after Alabama had pummeled Georgia and depressed and angered Georgia Bulldog fans all around the metro Atlanta area with that impressive win in the SEC championship game in the same building. So they had about 12 to 14 hours to get the building ready, clear all the SEC stuff out, clear out and fumigate all the Georgia fans, get them out of there. And now the Falcons hosted a home game. And so the Buccaneers rolled in looking for a third straight win at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, if they could get it on Sunday. Falcons won the toss. They deferred. They wanted the crowd into the game. And as it turns out, the Buccaneers were just making plays, whether it was Tom Brady uh, hitting Chris Godwin, Tom Brady hitting Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. Uh, They were able to get a play to Mike Evans, and then eventually they got down into the red zone, and the Buccaneers on the board right away. 11 passes in a row, and see if Brady play action thing, looks toward playoff line, he dumps the ball toward Lynn. he makes the catch, touchdown Tampa Bay, one-handed catch in the end zone. What a play by the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He continues to play great football. Playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, Thursday night Lenny, four tutties Lenny, whatever you want to call it, what a great one-handed catch. It was right in front of me down on the sideline with a left hand, got the feet down. Buccaneers looking good on the opening 75-yard drive. 13 plays, by the way. Tom Brady threw it every time. They were still researching this last night to find another Buccaneer opening drive where any quarterback, go back through any quarterback from the very beginning, uh, from Parnell Dickinson, my man, Steve Spurrier, uh, the first season move all the way forward to Doug Williams, the throw in Samoan Jack Thompson, Go Steve Young, Steve DeBerg, Vinny Testaverde, Craig Erickson, uh, on and on. Trent Dilfer, modern-day quarterbacks, Chris Sims, Brian Greasy, Jeff Garcia. I'm going down the list. Josh Freeman, Jameis Winston. Had any Buccaneer quarterback thrown the ball 13 consecutive times on the opening drive of the game? The Buccaneers ran 13 plays, and Tom Brady threw it all 13 times. That was the play a selection from Byron Leftwich and from Brady with what he saw. Obviously, the, the Falcons had the worst pass rush in the NFL, fewest sacks, bad secondary, great rep, great uh, uh, recipe for the opening drive. And the Bucks out to the 7-0 lead. All right, so the Falcons, about the only thing they did uh, in this game offensively came on the opening drive. Cordero Patterson, the receiver, kick returner, turned running back, had a long run, in fact, the longest run the Bucks have given up this year. Uh, he got out the gate for over 30 yards. He set them up, and Atlanta got in the end zone and got the game retied. Davis, a former Carolina Panther. Keith Smith, the fullback, in front of him. Ryan under center from the 17. Hands the ball off, running left. Davis, he gets inside the 10, running to the pylon. Touchdown, Falcons. Wow. It's going to be one of those games, huh? <laughs> That's officially a 17-yard touchdown run for Mike Davis. The uh, backup running back 
And the Falcons are right back in the game. Davis actually ran well at the beginning of the game in Tampa in Week 2 for what it was worth. But the Buccaneer run defense would lock down as the game would go on. So it's back to a 7-7 game. It's back to Brady completing passes. Uh, He got a long one to Chris Godwin again. They move inside the red zone again. Looking to get right back on the board. And Brady looking for a guy that has been tremendous in the red zone and around the end zone in Cameron Bray. One back set for net. He scored four touchdowns last week. Four bullet bootleg rollout by Brady. Those toward the end zone. Caught ball. Gronkowski. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Cameron Brate. Brate. Cameron Brate, I beg your pardon. Brate, 84, not 87. Great leaping catch, as Gene called it right there, for Cameron Brate. A three-yard touchdown officially. You'll hear from Brate later on on Nothing But Bucks about what that pass was like as Brady lobbed it to him. He outfought a couple of defenders. So many weapons. I come in here on Nothing But Bucks and say this over and over again. Who do you want to double? You want to try to take away Mike Evans? You can't double everybody. You want to try to double Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski around the goal line? Good luck. You're going to leave Chris Godwin open. You're going to leave Cameron Braid open uh, for this team one-on-one. Just so many options and weapons that the Buccaneers can go to. Fournette out of the backfield. Gio Bernard, if he's in the game, out of the backfield. Uh, We didn't see a lot of O.J. Howard, though, yesterday in this game. But, I mean, Tyler Johnson. Uh, with a catch, uh, Scotty Miller that can make plays, just w- whatever you want to do in terms of skill positions at receiver and back, the Bucks just keep rolling guys out. 13 to 7 is the lead at that point. And by the way, Tom Brady uh, completed 15 passes in the first quarter as the first quarter would end up. That is the first time as I throw out the nuggets on nothing but Bucks here. That is the first time since 2009 when some guy named Peyton Manning completed 16 passes in a first quarter that any NFL quarterback moving forward from Aaron Rodgers to Drew Brees to Russell Wilson to Ben Roethlisberger, anybody else in the last 13 seasons of the NFL since 2009 had not completed 15 passes in a first quarter, but Tom Brady did on Sunday uh, in Atlanta. So the Buccaneers looking good, leading 13-7. The Falcons would eventually come right back and get a field goal. Buccaneers played bend but don't break. Curiously, Atlanta got down around the one-yard line, tried to throw it inside the one-yard line, fumbled a snap. Buccaneers then uh, harassed Matt Ryan into an incompletion, so they held the Falcons to three. So now the game is 13-10. And once again, the Buccaneers just lock right in with Tom Brady making throws, making plays, and eventually one of his favorite targets would come through right here. Offensive line looking back to Brady, changing the line call, the snap of Goodwin. Brady has time, play blitz, on the crossing run. Caught ball, Gronkowski, 10-5, 3-2-1, touchdown Tampa Bay! Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski back in the end zone off a 100 game, 100 yard game last week, the second of his career. Uh, Gronk right back with a 27 yard touchdown catch from Brady right through the middle of the defense. I go back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. You want to try to take Mike Evans away with a, with a safety over the top? You want to try to take Chris Godwin away out of the slot with a linebacker with a cover corner? You're going to leave guys open. And even if you're trying to put two guys on Gronk, more than likely both of them are smaller than him for that catch radius to go up high about 10 or 15 yards down the field. And Gronk gets the 27-yard touchdown. So that is three 70-plus yard drives for touchdowns in the opening half of this football game. And so give credit where it is due. The, uh, The Buccaneers were just making play after play especially offensively. And oh, by the way, the defense began to get in the act in this game as well, putting the pressure on Matt Ryan. Long count, the snap of Goodwin. Has time, has that breaks down. He's under pressure, flushed out of the pocket. Looks to, he's sacked at the 38-yard line. Big quarterback sack by the Buccaneers in Dominican Sioux. That's in Dominican Sioux getting to Tom Brady, one of a couple of sacks that he had on the day. The pressure was everywhere uh, around. Matt Ryan didn't have much time to throw. And again, the Buccaneers led 20 to 10. And then here, here came a pivotal play uh, at the end of the second quarter where the Bucs are in command. They had stopped the Falcons. They got the ball back. They had a couple of timeouts left, but they're inside their own 10-yard line. You run a play uh, where you're trying to get a screen, a safe play to Chris Godwin. He runs into Mike Evans, who's trying to block for him. He, go, he goes down after that. And the clock is rolling. 
at that point, and you're wondering, okay, are they just going to hand it off and go to the locker room here at the nine-yard line? You've got like 28 seconds left, 30 seconds left. Are you really going to go 90 yards for a touchdown or at least 60 yards or more to get into field goal range? as opposed to what ended up happening. Disaster ended up happening here late in the half. Second down, nine. Here's a screen. Oh, an interception. Return for a touchdown, Falcons. What in the world are the Bucks doing? Going from our own end zone. Brady is picked off by Marlon Davidson. Huge, huge error by the Buccaneers. Oh, my goodness. I can tell you I'm right down there on about the 10 to 15-yard line, and I had a perfect angle to see Tom Brady looking at Leonard Fournette, and Marlon Davidson is the big Falcon defensive end who made a fantastic play. Stuck his hand up, pegged the ball out of the air, walked into the end zone. A walk-in touchdown completely switched the momentum back to the Falcons on virtually the final play of the half. An early holiday present from the Buccaneers. You could see Tom Brady's reaction. He was obviously uh, enraged at himself, at, at how bad the pass was, the decision was, all of that. The play call, we'll hear it from Bruce Arians in a little bit. I talked to him at halftime, and he said, we just, uh, you know, we had a couple of bad plays, and that, that was the difference in the Falcons staying in the game at that moment. I asked him, how do you lock this team back in? He said, oh, we're locked in. We just got to play smart, which they would do for the rest of the second half. So... I know they were murmuring all over the NFL, around the NFL, on the internet, on social media, et cetera, on that interception. Are the Falcons now going to do something with that, come back strong? Well, Atlanta got the ball to start the second half and could not move it, could not do anything. Buccaneers were able to get the ball back and were able to make plays once again, especially defensively. Here's how the Buccaneers got the ball back off of that opening drive. Sidecar left in motion, empty backfield now for Ryan, dropping to throw Ryan. He's going to run with it, he throws it up the hill, caught ball at the 50, to the four, fumble football, Pumped up by the Buccaneers, scooped up by the Bucks. How about that takeaway by Carlton Davis? He didn't miss much time on the sideline, did he? Pierre Desir, reserve defensive back, comes from behind, punches that ball out. Good to see Carlton Davis back in for the Buccaneers for the first time in about six or seven games. He got the fumble recovery. Again, the Buccaneer defense did not allow the Falcons anything from the second quarter on in this football game. Shut them down, silenced them, kept making plays, and eventually the Buccaneers would capitalize later on here in the third quarter. You got a one-on-one -on -one matchup with Brady and Gronk, and you knew, you knew they were going to take advantage of it. From the 11, the snap to Brady has... Passed toward the end zone, caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski's got two today. Holy Gronkamoli is right as Rob Gronkowski's second touchdown of the day means that uh, Brady and Gronk are the most prolific quarterback tight end combination for touchdowns ever, surpassing Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates of the Chargers. And now they have their sights set on, dare we say, how much longer can these two keep doing this? Can they approach, it's about 20 or so away, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. I don't know about that. You've still got five regular season games here. Can both of them get out there at a high level next year? I don't know. But still, it is fun to watch uh, what these guys can do. And once they saw the one-on-one -on -one coverage, it was over for the Falcon defensive back. Gronk gets the touchdown catch from 11 yards out. You're back to the 27-17 cushion. And then you're back to the defense, turning up the heat on Matt Ryan. Buccaneers lead 10. Falcons face third down and five. They need to reach the 35-yard line. Mike Davis is the setback. Left hip shift the tight end. Kyle Pitts in the motion, left side. Two receivers right. Long count. Ryan, here's the snap. We run a stunt. Get to him. He's sacked for the... Fifth Vita time of the game, and Villanueva has his second. Five quarterback sacks by the Buccaneers. How much of a difference does it make with Vita Vea back in the lineup? Of course, remember a year ago at this time, he had the broken leg and did not play in November, did not play in December, did not get back to the very end of the, uh, the postseason and the Super Bowl. Monster in the middle. He and Sue in particular, and yes, you've got William Golston, you've got... Uh, Rakeem Nunez Rochez up the middle, but when Sue and Veda are, Veda are there in the in the tandem, Vita Vea got two more sacks in the game uh, yesterday. Five total for the Buccaneers as they harassed the Atlanta Falcons 
play after play and game after game. Great performance by the Bucks. They would get a Ryan suck-up field goal after bleeding the clock and go on to a 30-17 win and a sweep of the Atlanta Falcons. Very sweet on a Monday to be talking about 9-3 and three with the arrow pointing up, up, up. I'm going to repeat this again. I say this all the time on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. It's not so much what happens in the opening game of the season, win or lose, uh, for the Buccaneers. Certainly it was a win over the Cowboys in the, in the beginning. It was a win in Week 2 over the Falcons. How are you playing through the first five or six games? What do you look like? And as banged up as the Bucks' secondary has been, and they've given up some big plays, that's about the only flaw that you can look at on this football team. Everything else that you point to right now from pass protection to ability to score touchdowns, ability to get sacks. I mean, this is one of the top sack teams now in the NFL. Remember, we were struggling. We heard all the the stuff about struggling to get sacks in the first month of the season. Well, they are coming and coming and coming over the course of the last five, six football games. The pressure is everywhere, uh, and they got five more of them yesterday. So through three quarters of the season now, basically, five games to go, how does this team look at 9-3? and How does this team look at four games clear in the division? How does this team look on a three-game win streak? Back-to-back wins on the road. I don't care who you're playing. Colts and Falcons, I don't even care if it's against the Texans and the Jaguars. They get paid too. Yes, those are lesser teams. They're awful teams. But you got to go win the games, be focused. And this team is so talented that if they are locked in and not making mistakes, especially against lesser opponents, they're going to have a very tough time, the opponent, of being able to score and keep up with Brady in that pass offense. So we'll get to more of his accolades as Brady throws for over 300 yards and four scores as we go along. But let's go to our Hooters postgame show off the highlights as the Buccaneers get another win, remain in first place, and we'll start first with head coach Bruce Arians, who, as you can imagine, was very pleased. Impressive, complete game. What are your thoughts immediately after it? Yeah, it's a big road win. December wins are huge, and uh, especially in our division. And uh, to win it by 13 was big. Everybody contributed. We had a lot of guys go down in this game again, and guys stepped in, played big. Um, offensively, I thought we were outstanding other than one play. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. You get the opening drive touchdown. You pretty much did what you wanted throwing the ball, especially in the first half. Why were you having so much success? Well, we came into the game really thinking our protection was going to be outstanding against these guys and force them to blitz us. And when they did blitz, I think the only time they slowed us down, we just missed wide open guy one time and, uh, in the first half and until that last play of the half, which was just a bad call and bad execution. You ran a lot of hurry up, but not necessarily uh, trying to speed snap the ball. Were you by design a lot of the time just wanting to keep that personnel in the game? Was that the thought process? Yeah, that's what we've been doing for the last uh, few ball games, and uh, it's been very, very successful for us run and pass. So we get enough time on the clock to get in really good plays. Can you say enough about a couple of guys? First of all, Chris Godwin, who had 14 catches in this game today. I know we ask you about him all the time, but my goodness. Yeah, it was an outstanding ball game for Chris, and uh, that's what he does. He controls the middle of the field, and uh, you know Tom did a great job of distributing it to him, but he, he knows how to get open. And uh, the words man or zone, just got a great field, one of the best in the league. Rob Gronkowski, two more touchdowns. Let's talk about the one that really provided the arm's length distance in the second half. Uh, this, the touchdown on a one-on-one play. Just describe what you're doing there on that. And obviously, he's got leverage and height, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. When you get that, you get Gronk out there and it's one-on-one with a DB, it's not a fair fight. Tom's been throwing that ball to him for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. So it, uh, it's an easy one. Your defense got five sacks, four of them in Dominican Sue and Vita Vea. Why did your interior defensive line have this kind of success this afternoon, Coach? Yeah, really good pressure by those guys inside. And our backers did some good job pick blitzing, getting them free. And uh, But they got a couple on their own, too. Uh, a couple more things uh, here. Uh, injuries. I know Jamel Dean went out of this game, but you were able to have Pierre Desir come in. He gets a strip. He punched the ball out for a fumble. Ross Cockrell was asked to play more with Whitehead being injured. What? A, once again, reserves being called upon and delivering in your secondary. Yeah, it's right? going to be big all the way through. I mean, uh, the injuries won't stop. I mean, uh, we thought we were getting guys back, and uh, we lost some more in this game. But uh, that's the great thing about having a veteran roster. 
We don't have to. We don't want to depend on rookies. This is a good thing to say. You will now come back home for a couple of games, starting with Buffalo here for the stretch run, and that, uh, that's huge to have gotten a couple of wins these last two weeks and now come back home. Yes. Oh, no doubt. These road wins are gigantic for us and uh, put us in a great position now to to get back home and get the crowd going and uh, two really really big games. And one more because I saved it for the last. Tom Brady. 47th time with four touchdowns in a game throws for over 300 yards what did you like today out of him yeah i thought i thought byron had a real good plan and uh, tom executed it perfectly he moved it around to everybody and uh, got it moving everywhere got a fan club behind us too a lot of buccaneer fans that are happy here in atlanta coach congratulations thank you yeah, this team keeps rolling along, and that man and his staff deserve a lot of credit. They have them ready. They have them prepared. Uh, they, they continue to adjust with game plans. Again, they, they came out in this game plan with throw, throw, throw on the Atlanta Falcons. 13 straight passes on the opening drive to begin the game. Incredible uh, that we saw that. But you take advantage of what the defense does. And as I said to the coach, one of the things they were also doing was running that hurry up, the no huddle. Not so much hurry to the line and run a quick play, but hurry to the line to not let the Falcons substitute. Keep the same bad personnel on the field. That's good coaching. That's good strategy. It worked. It worked to the tune of three long touchdown drives in the first half. Buccaneers spread the wealth, too, with the receivers. We'll get into that. All good on that front. One of those receivers who caught a touchdown in this game, Cam Brait, uh, the veteran now, I can call him that, out of Harvard. Another big play in a goal-to-go situation. Here he was after the sweeping win over Atlanta. Again, another uh, successful day for the offense, another victory. That's the most important thing. Tell me more about coming up here and winning a second straight road game. Yeah, we... Uh... Coach always preaches getting division wins, especially on the road. You know, those are always going to be hard games. Um, wasn't our best game, uh, but found a way to get a win, and uh, we'll definitely take that. You got an opening drive touchdown, and then another touchdown to you. Describe on that play, waiting for that ball to come down in the corner of the end zone there as Tom Brady threw it up. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, definitely wasn't the way we drew it up. <laughs> uh, kind of played us in a different defense than we were expecting. Didn't send a guy in motion that we were supposed to, but sometimes it kind of just works out. And uh, Tom gave me a ball to go get, and uh, luckily I was able to hang on. I love asking these questions and getting the answers. When that ball is in the air, does it all go quiet? What are you concentrating on? How does it go? Yeah, just the football. Um, I mean, something you practice so much, you know, just catching the ball. But um, just the trust that he had in me to go up and get that ball uh, with a guy on me. Uh, you love that as a receiver. And, um, you know, we made a lot of contested catches. Gronk made a couple huge plays. The, the fate he caught in the second half was big for us. And um, he just has a lot of faith in us to come down with those balls. Speaking of Gronk, I detected a Gronk-type spike on that spike after your touchdown. I would give that about a 9.9 .9 on the spike meter. 9.9 .9 Gronks. Um, yeah, I mean, as someone who can't dance, can't. <laughs> Do anything like that. Spiking the ball is easy. So uh, Gronk is definitely my inspiration on that. So he had a good one, too, on, on his second touchdown. He had a great spike. And uh, we'll have to watch the film and see who's better. I never get tired of asking about Tom Brady. i got to ask you again. He throws four touchdowns in a game for the 47th time in his career. You got the same look I got. The, the numbers are just ridiculous. Why was he so good overall again today? If you play 21 seasons, you know, that's not that impressive. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we'll make sure he no, hears he, that. He's, uh, he's amazing. And um, obviously, we'd love to have that playback before halftime. But he just did a great job distributing the ball, uh, taking what the defense has given us. Um, anytime a team plays us in man, it's going to be hard to keep up with our receivers. And, um, you know, coach put us in good spots. And Tom always finds the right guy. So. What, if anything, was having to be said at halftime after the interception return, which got them right back in the game? It's the only life they had from the second quarter on. What, if anything, right. was said? Just uh, that was just bad ball right there. Um, obviously, we were all really frustrated, kind of shocked, you know. Um, kind of just gave them seven points there before halftime when everything was uh, kind of cruising for us. So uh, just had to regroup. Nothing we could do about it. Uh, it was in the past. and. Uh, defense did a great job, turned them over on their first drive, and uh, we were able to make enough plays there in the second half to hold on. And the best sounding thing of all of this is after two road wins, let's go home and play two games with the Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints. Sound yeah. good? Two big games, and uh, can't wait to play them at Ray J.
Congratulations. Great playing again today. Congrats on another touchdown and the spike. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Love Cam Braid and his pass-catching capabilities. Great compliment to Rob Gronkowski's big day. Tight ends with three tutties. Three tutties for the tight ends Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium as Braid was able to haul that one in. Uh, and again, Tom Brady just spreading the ball around. You can't say enough about the job that he did uh, with all of the different receivers. We mentioned in the highlights, Chris Godwin, 15 catches in the game from one receiver. Mike Evans, though, also had seven catches in this football game for 99 yards right on the cusp. Leonard Fournette, seven catches himself for 48 yards out of the backfield. Gronk, four for 58. And Braid had the one catch there for the touchdown. Can't say enough about Tom Brady. Uh, as he continues to rack up all of the accolades, he's definitely in the conversation for the MVP award right now for the way that the Bucks have played uh, for this season. Let's hear from the GOAT, from the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, after this one was done as he spoke with the media. Tom, Chris Godwin, he set a club record with 15 catches. He had five on the first drive. Just talk about his endurance and just like what you guys saw going ball as much as you did earlier. Yeah, he did a great job. He's had a great season and uh, comes to work every day. Great teammate and um, just unbelievable player. And, um, you and Gronk have hooked up 90 times in the regular season. Is that hard to wrap your head around? 90? Pretty good. Pretty good. He's a great player. He kind of makes it easy for any quarterback. Um, he's just so big, so quick, great hands, uh, just does an amazing job. So. The great catch and run that he had, and then uh, doing the fade for the touchdown, which was really cool. Uh, he makes those pretty easy, too. So uh, I obviously love being out there with him. He said the fade reminded him of the heyday. Oh, really? I like the heyday. You still got a few more of those in your arm? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, it's good to see him just uh, make those plays. He's was out for quite a while this year, you know, and uh, just see him back playing great and really enjoying it is fun for me. That's the best part is seeing other guys kind of play to their potential. He's he's done an amazing job with that. Uh, you got one for 22. Yeah, 10 and 0 record against the Falcons. Something like a queer passer rating of like 112, something along the lines. Is that a fluke or do you like, like the color of the uniforms or yeah. something else? Nah, uh, it's a great organization. I, I think, you know, I, I didn't play much when I was with the Patriots. Um, last couple of years, we played pretty good against them. You know, we played good. We, we actually, la here last year was a really tough game. We were down a bunch of points at half and then came out and really sparked our whole second part of our season, uh, you know, playing them here. And um, played, they played us hard at home this year. You know, it was a close game, 28-25 in the, in the fourth quarter. And then, again, played us tough here. It's a really well-coached team. Um, they fight to the end. They got a lot of good players. With the, it's uh, Marvin Harrison and uh, Peyton Manning. I think it's 122 or something like that. Or um, 112, sorry. Do you have 22 more touchdowns left with Gronk? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I, I do. I hope I always I keep I, you know, I, I, obviously I'm looking for him down there. So um, he's a big target. He's a great in all aspects of the game. So I think what makes him so amazing is his ability to do what he does in the run game which is block defensive ends and the biggest, strongest guys in the world, literally in the world, and then to run routes and catch balls and be athletic. And he's just, uh, with the endurance that he has, uh, just really amazing. On the opening drive, you guys threw the ball 13 straight plays. Bruce said that started with the confidence he had in the protection he could have today. Yeah, the protection was incredible. The offensive line's had a great season. I mean, we've probably throwing the ball more than anybody and giving up the least amount of sacks so or something like that so I think everyone has a lot of trust in our protection um, they did a good job you know in, in some of the run game stuff um, which we're just gonna keep working at it we got obviously our biggest football games are ahead of us um, but we're in a decent position at nine and three and I'm um, going home now for biggest game of our year against the Bills Great credit. And again, this team is so talented. I, I hate to keep belaboring this, but they have so many different talented. I mean, Sue's a former number one pick. Next to Vita Vea, former number one pick. JPP, a former number one pick. Uh, Devin White, I, I know Devin's not at 100%. He's out there battling, but that's a number one pick as well. And, and you start, you keep going and going with all these different guys from Mike Evans to Leonard Fournette. 
and on and on down the list, Tristan Wirfs, number one picks. And a lot of them are second-round picks. Uh, guys like Levante David or like Carlton Davis, uh, guys like Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet that you grabbed in the second round, Ronald Jones that you grabbed in the second round, premium players that this team has, and they are showing up uh, when you need it the most. Still a long way to go. A lot of football left, but you've put yourself in position now to win a couple of more games and guarantee a home game for January. Uh, get to 13-4. and four. You're right in the mix to be the two or three seed. Right there. And if you run the table, again, get excited, Buccaneer fans. If you win them all down the stretch, great chance to be right there in the conversation for the one seed with the Arizona Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, the teams up at the top trying to be the one seed with you and have the games at home. So the Buccaneers get the win, 30-17 to here over the Atlanta Falcons. As promised, let's get some more insight. I loved being around her on the sideline yesterday. Sarah Walsh from the NFL on Fox working the game with Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma as the Buccaneers got the win in Atlanta. And I can say this on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I think there was some mojo there from Sarah Walsh being there because she is a Tampa Bay native uh, has been all over. You've seen her on ESPN. You see her covering the team on the NFL Network. You see her on Fox. I don't think it's mere coincidence that you show up and the Bucks get a third consecutive win. I'm just putting that out there on a Monday. How are you? <laughs> well, I appreciate that, although I think the Bucks have done plenty of winning <laughs> games I'm not on, but I'll take it. Like I'll, I'll take the extra love. My parents will definitely take it. Um, obviously, we're from the Tampa Bay area, so every weekend they're having Bucks parties, and it just so happened to be that I joined their party via – television from Atlanta so it was it was a win for everybody yesterday that's pretty cool now you were saying before I hit the record button it has been a rare opportunity this season to do a Buccaneer game and you've primarily been doing games on the west coast so to do a game in Atlanta and then be able to scramble back to the family which we'll get to in a second on uh, on a Sunday night that's been a rarity in all the travels I know these are first world problems Sarah that we're talking about for you for me and for everybody but you've been doing a lot of West Coast games this was better to be in the Eastern time zone and be in the ATL Uh, to step off a plane back in Tampa at eight o'clock last night in beautiful weather uh, that's a win and by the way I'm not complaining I love going out to West Coast I love seeing stadiums uh, I haven't seen before it's it's just cool to get to be in different cities right And, and we're watching football games for a living so by no means, no complaint. It has been a lot of miles. And so, you know, there's wins along the way, right? And a one-hour flight to Atlanta, that's a win. Being in a dome, that's a win. So um, it was after after a long stretch, it was really nice. It was really, really nice. And I was really appreciative to be there yesterday. So, like I said, win all around for everybody. Yeah, we love that. All right, so the Bucks got the win. Tell me what you assessed and what you saw. I mean, save for the horrific interception at the end of the first half, very unbrady-like, shocking as a matter of fact. And you were we should pull the curtain back a little bit. You were already pre-prepared, planned to talk to Bruce Arians first going into the locker room. Typically, we would get him first. Sometimes the network wants him first. So you were already preparing to talk to him, and then all of a sudden the pick six happens, and now TJ's not doing the Buccaneer Radio Network live interview. You're talking to him kind of off the mic. Uh, I felt for you in that moment after that. That was stunning. That was stunning to have that happen right before halftime, obviously. Let me pull the curtain back a little bit more, even. So the half is winding down. Usually the home team decides, for us, for the broadcast crew, the home team decides if they want their coach going in or out of the locker room. So Arthur Smith decided that he wanted to talk to me coming out of the locker room, therefore Bruce going in. So I happened to be talking to one of the Bucks PR guys in that moment because we were getting set to meet Bruce. And he was like, I got to tell you, there have been a couple times where there's been these game-changing momentum, like bad <laughs> plays, and like our radio guy gets Bruce, and Bruce is not, like it's just like the worst time you could watch. He's literally saying this. We don't even see the interception because, I mean, there's, this clock is ticking down. I'm looking at him. You know, it just – it was like one of those things where we looked up and we were like, wait a minute, how did the Falcons just get in the end zone? Like, it was exactly what he was describing. And I just looked at him and I go, oh, basically, so me, so now I'm like the sacrificial lamb and now I get to do this. But Bruce was actually incredibly calm. He was far more calm when I talked to him than I saw him a couple times in the second half at, at a couple of calls. Uh, he was fine. You know what? He was really calm about it. And he was like, there's 30 minutes to go. 
Um, he didn't seem worried, although he did tell me, and I think this is what we should probably put up on the broadcast. I haven't watched it because we always ask, they ask for like a quote of what they said. He said, don't play dumb. And he was referencing like what had just happened there. But uh, yes, it was actually a very, very ironic moment. And I mean, the PR guy could only like look at each other and just be like, oh my God. And I, he had told me that many times that had been you in that position. So yep. uh, safe to say I took one for the team. I don't yes. know how I was coming out of locker room, but he actually was really good. And you know, what's funny. I've had a lot of coaches lately run like they, and sometimes we're going like across the field. Like I've had PR people come up to me and go, Hey, just be prepared. Coach is a runner. Kyle Shanahan a week ago in, in, San, uh, in San Fran, or I should say Santa Clara, they're like, be prepared to run, like sprint across the field. <laughs> and they're like, Bruce isn't going to run on you. So already I was like, okay, I'm good here. Like, uh, so no, it was good. And Bruce was actually, I enjoyed Bruce's saltiness here and there. And he wasn't, he was, he was totally calm and in control. And I felt like, you know, that was the one moment where I was like, okay, Atlanta's in this thing, but they really just never were in the second half. The Bucks came out and, and really kind of just stepped on the pedal there and, and put it out of their reach real quick, I thought. Love all of this from Sarah Walsh of Fox. And Sarah also obviously covers the team for the NFL Network. You see her on their coverage throughout the week being here in and around the world champion. Still has a great ring to it, Buccaneers, day in and day out. Uh, with all of this. All right, so a couple more, and then we got to talk about running. I got to follow up on running because you had a plane to catch, and we got to get to that story uh, <laughs> as well. So you were at field level like I was. It's amazing to contemplate Tom Brady's 44 years old still doing this. And he and Rob Gronkowski, as they were saying after the game, they've been doing this for over a decade in New England. Now they're doing it in Tampa Bay. You're just, you're not going to cover him with a little defensive back and win a jump ball throw to the end zone. That was basically the end of the game that was the killer moment there in the second half but it's it's we've kind of gotten used to it but it's still somewhat surreal to watch Tom Brady surgically firing the ball to Rob Gronkowski in Buccaneer colors is it not it's always I mean it's so surreal this is the first game I did on the broadcast um with Brady on the box and I still have the even when I was like walking behind the bench and Tom sitting there it's weird to think that that's Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform. And then to your point about his age, there was a moment where he was just uh, throwing the ball like over by the bench, helmet off. And I just, I, I mean, I know we've heard this before, but I just remember looking at him and I'm thinking he looks so young. He looks so young um, for 44. I don't know what he's, I mean, I know what he's doing. He's eating in a way that I can't eat. Right. Uh, in fact, I talked to Rob about that because, Tom had given him some grief on his podcast about how <laughs> he's so healthy and Rob doesn't. In fact, I said this during the game because they were making fun of it and saying, oh, Rob eats everything. And I'm like, I actually asked Gronk and he said, you know, truth be told, he said, I don't eat that bad. He said, I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And to Tom, that's like, oh my God, like the worst thing ever. He goes, but I'm not going home and housing donuts. Like people feel like he's not, he's not, he said he's eating healthier than people think he eats. He's like, am I eating like Tommy? No, I am not. Um, but nobody is eating like how Tom eats. But yeah, I have those moments all the time. I had them, you know, Sunday where it, it's weird to think. And to your point about Gronk going up and just getting these balls, um, you know, Tom told us last week in our production meeting that like, even when he's covered, he's not covered. I mean, he's just, you can't cover him. Like you just, there's literally nothing you can do against this guy. Right. Um, and it was funny during the game, you know, I get these like updated stats, Tom and Gronk move into this category and that category. And, you know, and sometimes when you're doing these games with these guys, I mean, almost every, not almost every game, every game, there are records being broken every, every quarter. It's something different and you can't even keep up. And, you know, at the end of the game, they were in my ear about, you know, Gronk and, and Tom are now in second on the list of, you know, and I'm just like, at some point, like these guys are just like, yep, it's just Sunday to us, you know, um, I mean, there's the big ones, right? Like the, the the big, big records. But, you know, every little record, that's just another day at the office for these two. And, and there's nothing that is ever going to top catching two touchdowns from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers in Raymond James Stadium. I don't care whatever happens yeah. after that. It, it's just amazing that all of that actually did happen uh, in February earlier this year, and the Bucks are obviously aiming for that. Just a couple of more minutes, because I promised her, because she's busy. Sarah Walsh, by the way, and her husband, they have twins. They have twin boy and twin uh, daughter that she was trying to get to school as we're taping this podcast on Monday morning. I have gotten mine to school as well, my middle school twins. So we're the parents of twins. So we've been dealing with twins yep. today. We've been talking football. <laughs> we've been trying to get 
um, all of this done. All right, so uh, one more, just overall. You've been watching a lot of other NFL teams. The Buccaneers appear to be hitting stride right now. Three straight wins, nine and three. Long way to go. What What did you see yesterday that tells you that the Bucs are getting ready to do big things, do some damage down the stretch run and in January? What did you see? Um, first of all, they were just in total control of that game. Um, not so much, you know, the Falcons were definitely in it in the first half. And it's funny because I remember looking up at one point and, and it was still a 10 point game, but given what that defense did, you never felt like that Falcons offense was going to get going. And I know like, look, if Tom's down 10 points, you're like, well, that's nothing, right? I mean, Tom can be down 10 points with two minutes to go. And that's a game. Um, they just controlled that thing. And that defense took over. And again, we, we look at this offense, we look at the, I mean, they were getting to Matt Ryan left and right. There, were, there was just nothing they could do to get that going, despite the fact that they did run it in the first. And then the fact that Tom just spreads it around so much, right? Like Mike Evans doesn't have to have a big day. And that's the thing that, that we know about this team, right, is that they have weapons. The catch that Leonard Fournette made uh, literally right in front of me was ridiculous. Um, I remember thinking, like, I mean, I saw it was right in front of me. I'm like, that's overthrown. And then, I, <laughs> I mean, it's like slow motion to me where I saw his hand, like, come out and like get this ball and reel it in um he has so many weapons it does feel like it feels like a lot like deja vu like last year and, and i think at times this year when people and in, in nationally when people panic and say oh what's wrong with the bucks i'm like they're really in the same spot they were a year ago i mean record wise um but dealing with massive amounts of injuries that they didn't deal with last year and now you're seeing again these corners get healthy um, I think it's sort of been this feeling that like they've taken some hits in terms of, of health this year, but you know, the hope is that they're going to have everyone back for the stretch run when it matters the most. And I think we're going to see that. And so that's what tells me. Yeah. I mean, the, the, this team is just loaded with talent up and down. And if they can continue to get guys back and continue to keep the guys that they have healthy, um, that tells me that this team is ready to go and make another run. Well, she was ready to go yesterday on a lot of fronts, uh, Sarah Walsh. All right, so again, we, we have fun with travel and with all this stuff. Again, in our world, we typically have been in years gone by pre-COVID-19, being on the team plane, on the team charter, with the team at the hotel, et cetera, et cetera, the buses, the uh, police escort, the whole thing. We don't have that any longer, so it's kind of like the older days. I'm a little older than you, where you got your own commercial travel, you got to figure it out, et cetera. We're back to doing that. So I'm thinking as we get to Hartsfield International Airport, Atlanta's airport, where they have multiple flights flying from Atlanta to Tampa, that you were going to be on our flight with us right around 8 p.m. after the game. So I checked with, with Sarah Walsh with a text message, and you answer me that you had just landed in Tampa while I'm checking. I'm like, what time was the plane? And you said 530. <laughs> Sarah, you were on the yeah. field. I looked at my watch for the end of the game because of what we're doing with the post game and how long we go. It was 4.10 p.m. You were interviewing Rob Gronkowski on the field. How did you make a 5.30 plane at Hartsfield? You had some serious track shoes on. You had to. Uh, unfortunately, I had on the completely um, unfortunate boots that I was wearing during the game, so I didn't have time to change. And, uh, but I had my, um, my track spirit with me and I ran and I'll tell you what else. So every flight I've had these really, really long flights. And it was one of those things where you're like, God, again, I'm just trying to get the win here. I'm like, if I could get this 5:30 flight, I had a backup <laughs> flight book. Um, and I'm running, but I'll tell you what, running in an airport while wearing a mask and having like layers on. Cause I had still had on my like gate closed from the game and I'm pulling stuff. I got to the gate and you have a, you have a mask on that that's another level of cardio. And so I'm just like sweating at the gate, but I was like, if I can do it and land and be back at eight, I was just trying to like make up for, for the time that I haven't been home in the last month. And I, and I got it, but I, I was completely prepared to not be on that five thirty flight. And in fact, I never once, this is like a a now veteran move because early on in my days of doing this, like I would be in the fourth quarter, I'd be like starting to like look at the flight and the time and stuff like that. I never once looked, I didn't even know what time it was until I got in the car at the stadium because I just was like, I'm not going to stress about it. If I don't make that flight, we'll get the next one, whatever. But so I never looked down to see where we were. It felt like that game was moving fast. Um, but it was just, I, I, I was like leaving the stadium and I'm like, Oh, let's see if we're even close to making this flight. That's the closest I've been to not making it. Um, and I burned all of my calories, not running around the stadium, but running at the, at the airport. 
Yeah, you were ready for a TB12 shake, I would think, at that point. You got there with how much to spare? Like 90 seconds? They, they had not closed not the door well. yet, so that's good. Yeah, they they were a little bit late on boarding, which saved me. Otherwise, I would have been in trouble. But yeah, I know I felt bad when you were like, are you on my flight? And I'm like, oh, he's going to be so annoyed. I'm about to land in Tampa because um, I'm like, oh, that's a bummer of a feeling when you're like, how'd they get back? Uh, hey, we but got again, back. All good- you hey. got back. It all ends well. You got to see the twins probably at bedtime there last night, which is good. These are important things. Uh, all of that yeah. is good. Uh, so we, we made it all work. Well, we'll see what happens with the Buccaneers the rest of the way. Where do you go this week? What's what's up next? Because, again, you're primarily working NFC teams, if I'm correct. Where are you going this week? Yeah, so my schedule is sort of the simplest way to explain it is um, my situation is if the Bucks are at home, I'm usually here all week gotcha. and at home with the Bucks for NFL gotcha. Network. So I have been on the road for a really long stretch, and uh, it's really nice. I got home last night from Atlanta, and then I will be – in Tampa all week um, covering the Bills game. I will be in Tampa again then the following week. And then I don't leave again to go NFL on Fox until actually Christmas Day because the Bucks go on the road and I can't even think further where they are. Yep. But um, So I will be here for the next two weeks. So you'll be seeing me around. Um, unfortunately for you, TJ, you got no, me again. Uh, fortunately, be, yeah, fortunately for in- us. We'll see what happens yeah. with the Bills at the time that we're taping. The Bills play the Monday night game with the Patriots and then they play on a short week here in what is a massive game as it turns out for both teams for playoff seating division race whatever this Sunday should be great Sarah Walsh is great love her on the NFL Network love her with the NFL on Fox local local fave as well from the Tampa Bay area always appreciate it glad you made the flight even more glad that you made it here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast the official Buccaneers recap podcast thank you for making time I know you're busy now go get the twins and spend some time with them later today and then we'll get back at the grind with the Bucks and the Bills thank you Sarah Walsh thanks TJ I'll see you out there Sunday There we go. Love talking with Sarah and her insight. We do bring you that from time to time here on Nothing But Bucks. And that will do it for this edition of the podcast as the Buccaneers have now improved to 9-3 and and will be up next with the Buffalo Bills coming Sunday. Again, the Bills on Monday Night Football with the Patriots as we release the podcast on Monday. You may be listening later in the week. You already know that result. Bills will be here in Tampa for the first time in eight seasons. Again, with the AFC rotation, you're not here all the time. So Buffalo will come in looking to solidify their AFC playoff standings. Uh, Buccaneers could basically wrap up the division with a win, all but wrap up a division title with a win Sunday. Certainly two more wins are going to give you the division here in the final five games. Again, I say, why not run the table? Win them all here starting with this Sunday. We'll be on the air at 3 Eastern time for the 425 kick coming for Buccaneers and Buffalo Bills this Sunday. For now, we are done after the Bucs defeat the Atlanta Falcons 30-17. Reminder, subscribe to this podcast through the Buccaneers mobile app, Apple, Spotify, etc. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. For now, we're good. We're back after the Buccaneers and the Bills next Monday. After that game on Sunday, we'll have our latest edition of Nothing But Bucks. Playoffs looming, Buccaneer fans. Let's go get it done for Brady and the guys, Coach B.A. and everybody else. Go get it done, and let's talk about a happy December and an even bigger January upcoming. We're here to recap all of it on Nothing But Bucks. Bye.